0: Welcome to Reservations. I'm your host, Rain Wayland. And I'm Jeremy Blair. And i want to go ahead and first say we apologize if at any point we sound, well, at least me, sounding a little bit groggy, because we were supposed to start this episode um, three hours ago. Yikes. Uh, but uh, me and my lovely wife decided we need a new couch. I mean... Our old couch is broken. The middle—it it was broken. Yeah, it was the, broken middle in the middle seat it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, you would sink into the couch, and so we went and got a new couch. And then me and Jeremy, uh, being the, the awesome person he is, uh, helped us move it in. And now I'm exhausted, uh, but we have a, we have a movie to talk about, and uh, shit has to be given mainly to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel great. I can yeah. go run a mile right now. I know. Uh, <laughs> Let me just drink my Monster and uh, my Box Water.
1: Oh, Box Water! This is the stupidest thing hey, I've ever seen. What, you probably know you know who else probably drinks Box Water. Who drinks Box Water? Joel Schumacher yeah, probably. probably. God, I have no doubt. I bet you his <laughs> fridge is full of these boxed waters. Now, if <laughs> if you are like me, a normal person, and have no idea what I'm talking about. It is a carton of water.
0: Like a carton, like you would find a carton of milk. <laughs> it's a carton of water, but instead of opening it up like a normal carton, it already has a little thing you you just twist off and you right. drink the yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, yes, it does have <laughs> a lid you can screw on and screw off, and you know, it. I don't know.
0: Not sponsored, by the way. But no, please sponsor. Oh my god, no! I, that would be awesome. I don't know. I mean, it's, I would. I would drink the shit out of box water. You
1: already do! I know. You're the one that told me about
0: it. And I'm about to drink the shit out of some liquid death, some canned water. Canned water. I would, oh dude, I would be fucking down if they called me up like, we would love to sponsor this little podcast you do with the blanket fort. Yes, we
1: do hang blankets from the ceiling so we can keep the sound. That would be
0: so cool. (laughs) Sound from being too loud. So, Uh. so you're probably wondering uh, what it is we're going to talk about this week. Um, if you're some of the people I work with, you probably already know because I talked about it with you guys. Um, it is Jeremy's attempt to culture me up a little bit mm-hmm. because, um, I mean, I, I am a movie connoisseur just like Jeremy, but I have never ventured into this kind of film before. It is a drama uh, and kind of a mix of psychological and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um I did read that it was considered like one of the greatest dramas of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a Russian film uh, translated to Stalker, uh, and the title is not what you think. Because I'll I'll i admit when you first sent me this, I was like, "What is he, is he stalk people?" Like, is, like I'm not yeah, gonna. No, it's
1: not Christopher Nolan's following. It's yeah. this is different. Um, and it, it's very, this is a very exciting day for me because I got to, you know, get you to watch a foreign language
0: film, which yeah. is fun. I think the most foreign film I'd ever watched, um, before this point was, and it's not even a foreign film, but it's, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah. Cause that you, is you read like, 90% of that movie. Yeah, that's true. But it's not a foreign film technically. Yeah. It's just Quentin Tarantino being... Quentin Tarantino.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, man. So this is really exciting. It's our first, and I'm going to say first because I'll probably make you do this again. But this is, uh, Uh, yeah, I have a a feeling this is our first foreign language films in Russian. uh, Andrei Tarkovsky, Mm -hmm.
0: Um, which I'll, I'll, I legit thought that he was related to Gindi Tarkovsky, creator Samurai Jack. Oh, but their names are their last names are spelled differently. Yeah, because his name has like an extra, I think, R. Tarda, like it's like Tartakovsky and I, I don't know. Yeah, it looks
1: know. like there's a D in that. There's not a there's not a D in Tarkovsky, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I do want to open, um, which <laughs> makes what we're about to do seem foolish, but I do want to open with a Tarkovsky quote uh, in an interview he gave in 1981. Before
0: he died of cancer? Oh,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so, they asked him about Stalker, right? Okay. And he said, um, those who are looking for meaning while viewing will miss everything. Uh, my ideal viewer watches a movie like a traveler observes the country he is visiting.
0: I actually just read that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I, I thought that was really interesting because yeah. it kind of goes to what we were talking about, uh, which I'll get into, which you already know. Um, but I was paying attention more to the the landscape Mm -hmm. of of the zone which most people are like the zone we'll get there uh but i I felt like i was really paying attention like not like i was there Mm -hmm. but like i would if i was there like really seeing the landscape yeah what's going on um where everything was Mm -hmm. and i gotta say where they did this in uh ethiopia right you corrected me. I did, because you said it was Indonesian. That's all right. Um, uh, and it, it's not Ethiopian. Oh, I think. shit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something with an E. I know. Something
1: overseas. <laughs> well, over our seas, not over theirs. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: sorry. Oh, fuck. Estonia. Estonia. I'm trash. That's all right. Anyway, you do doing great. But, you know, I, I love the set design, especially because they filmed it. You know, in Indonesia, Estonia. Uh, Estonia. God damn it! You're doing great. Estonia. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna start thinking of like, uh you know, man, like Stony. Whatever helps you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever helps you. Um, if Brandon Fraser helps you get there, you go for it. But no, yeah, no, I, I could, I could agree with that. I mean, I, I told you already what I thought of this um, movie, but no, I would agree. Like, I was, I. I I think I found myself. The only time I paid that much attention to the surrounding rather than what's happening with the actors mm-hmm. uh, is in like a Marvel movie. I'm trying to catch any Easter eggs or oh, any hint or something yeah. that that may set up maybe that's maybe foreshadowing mm-hmm. the rest of the movie or just something later on. Like yeah, you not know, the movie for that. Not not to plug Spider-Man: Far From Home, but that is the most <laughs> recent Marvel movie. Um, but you know, I was doing that. I was scanning. The, that's why I saw it twice. I was scanning the screen.
1: That's amazing that you found a way to bring up Marvel uh, when we're talking about a Russian <laughs> film
0: from 19, yeah from 19, uh, seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, so I think I think to give people an idea, I think we should talk about what is this movie? All right,
1: um, let's uh, do it. So, what Stalker is is um and there's a there's a text in the beginning of the film telling you what what the zone is and right. what the zone is is a meteorite or something like that touchdown uh outside of this town in this unnamed town unnamed country we don't know that they are speaking Russian but you know
0: yeah it, it, yeah it could be anywhere
1: right um and and people discovered somehow legend has it that if you go to this room in this area where the meteor hit, you could ask it for anything and it'll grant the wish. Right. Um, so, um, due to it being government protected, and so the military gates it off to where you can't go in. Uh, There have been a – there's a profession that came out of this, which is a stalker. A stalker is someone who guides willing participants uh, to go to seek their wishes being granted in the zone, in this room uh and so our story takes place uh in the monochromatic town that they're in yeah. monochromatic meaning it's black and white but it's not black and white it's, it's that th- s word that i can't remember that's it's like the beginning of the wizard of Oz. that's yeah. the that's the tone it's in
0: yeah very you know brown yeah and brown that, tan yeah yeah and I, i'll be honest i i I legit thought the whole movie was like that which I was like it's not a big deal if it is Yeah, but I'd seen set pictures already that were in color yeah I'm like, but I hope it's not. Uh, But we'll get there. Right. So
1: once uh, the stalker meets up with, and we call them the writer and the professor. uh, And and we
0: should mention, we don't
1: know the stalker's name.
0: No. We we just know he's called
1: stalker. Right. We know he is married. He has a wife and he has a child who he refers to as monkey. uh, Mm -hmm. And she has some sort of disability. We're not sure yet what it is. Um, they allude to it, the the two men, uh, because the professor knows the stalker. Right. Um, and he was telling the writer a little bit about him and his backstory.
0: Yeah, that yeah. his daughter was a, a mutant yeah. of the zone. And that she
1: doesn't have legs, which is not true. She has legs. They don't work, but she has legs. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Um, so... His wife is begging him. This dogger's wife is begging him not to go. Right? No. Please don't go.
0: Because he just did what? Five
1: years in prison? Yeah. I mean, he. Yeah, he's been doing stints in prison. Blah blah blah. Whatever. So. He's like, nope, have to. This is my job. Whatever, blah blah blah. So these people pay him to escort them through the zone because the zone um, is not straightforward. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there are uh, traps, mazes, and unseen booby traps, things like that, around the room that you can't take the same way twice. You can't uh, come back the way you came. You, it's all gonna be roundabout. So anyway. So once they get out of the town, wherever they're in, uh, they escape
0: <laughs> the military blockades. And I, I just want to point out, that was probably not necessarily the most stressful scene I've ever seen, <laughs> but definitely the most intricate escape I've ever seen. Yeah. A lot of stopping and starting, a lot of... Yeah. Like, are we clear? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. The, it's the opening in Drive, where... Have you seen Drive. I feel like I've already... Outed myself, but I'm going to say it again. No, I haven't oh, you seen, haven't drive. seen drive. Okay, no, I want to see drive. Uh, there, there are
1: parts in the opening escape and drive where he has to stop and wait. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not fast going all the time. It's not baby driver. I was about to say you have to stop and wait. Right. You know, and then we can go. So anyway, that's how they escape. They they have to stop and wait, and you can tell that he's done it a million times because he knows exactly where everything is. He's telling people what to bring. You need to bring the can of gasoline so we can get the. The thing that used to be a pump action thing for the railroads. That, right?
0: Yeah, it looked like like an old uh, motorcycle motor that they've hooked up to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's the it's the thing that you see in like cartoons or whatever. Yeah, the, the with pump. the two men on either side of yeah. this like slab of wood on wheels on wheels on the railroad, and they pump it back and forth. Anyway, um, like a seesaw back and forth. Anyway. Kind of what it is, but they strapped the a motor to it so they don't have to worry about it. So anyway, so they have the gasoline, they have the jeep. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, he's telling them, "Hold on, wait." Okay, go. Yeah. yeah, I remember they they hop in the jeep and he travels five. To me, it felt like five feet, and then he was like, "Wait!" And he hops out. And he's like, "Get down!" And he and he jumps down because yeah. there's a you know a, a military officer patrolling on his motorcycle, yeah. and then once he's gone, they're like, "Okay," and then they. Now, if you notice,
1: the, the military officers and his wife's cigarettes have AT on them. It's the Drakowski. Yeah, yeah I, I looked into it's that It's in the yeah. Anyway, um, so they finally get out of the zone by following a train uh, that's carrying, it looked like... Um, like electrical
0: like tower stuff yeah um out of the city and oh she mentioned that this is also set in like some post-apocalyptic yeah kind it of kind
1: of looks like the town in Brazil a little bit if you've seen Terry Gilliam's film Brazil uh, it kind of looks like that it's or Blade Runner it kind of looks like Blade Runner yeah. too um so yeah it is kind of post-apocalyptic ap- I just pulled the rain I couldn't say the <laughs> fucking word oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, post-apocalyptic uh, sort of wasteland. Like they go into this area as they're trying to get out of the town, and there's just trash everywhere. Yeah, like there's just like papers. Yeah, and was like, the trash everywhere on the ground. Room just explode or and something. Even, I mean, this also has a lot to do with this is the last movie he did behind the Iron Curtain.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: and so the resources he had wasn't great. So I mean, it's pretty low budget you know like this mm. is what we got I don't have time to clean it you know what I mean right and it kind of it it works with the narrative of the story like maybe he maybe he did dirty it up on purpose I don't
0: know uh, but, I just know that I want I know we'll we'll talk more on yeah all that anyway so right. So they they duck behind the train. They finally get out of there. Oh, and and we should point that the the military actually tries to stop them. Oh, yeah. They shoot at them pretty heavily with their machine guns. Um, And just like the stormtroopers in Star Wars... They don't hit them. They're terrible. Terrible shots. <laughs> you think they'd be better. Yeah, they hit all the electrical equipment. They do, yeah. And not them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they break all the stuff that's on the train that they need to get out of the city. Anyway. Um, and it's going to be left on the ground forever. You know they're not going to clean it up. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so once we get out of the city um, and near in the zone, it's full color, right? Yes. We are, we are now out of the monochromatic, and we're in the color... Only a couple of times while they're in the zone does it go back to monochromatic.
0: Yeah. I, and I believe they're flashbacks,
1: if I'm to understand I, it
0: correctly. I kind of, I mean, you, you're you probably right. You've seen this movie more than I have. I felt it was like a dream sequence. Yeah. Because the stalker is asleep. Right. You know, and his hand's in the water, and mm-hmm. he's hearing a voice. Yeah. I'm assuming it's his wife's. Or his daughter's. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's – so this movie
1: is loosely based on the on the book Roadside Picnic, which I'll go into the meaning of that title here in a little bit. But it's also more based on uh, Tarkovsky's father's poetry. Um, mm-hmm. So
0: – Yeah, you know. hey, I read that. Doesn't his uh, – in the final shot, the daughter's reading one of his dad's yeah. love poems? Yeah.
1: Like he's uh, – yeah, his dad was a – poet in Russia, and whatever. Um, Anywho, so, as I said earlier, the the zone is filled with all these unseen traps and... I don't know... Things? (laughs) (laughs) Traps. I don't know what else to call them. Yeah. So, what the stalker has to do is he ties these metal lug nuts with... Bandage, right, with white bandage, mm-hmm. and he'll throw them. And if he throws them and nothing happens, you can walk that way, okay. And so he does this throughout the film, um, and they make their way into the room. And that's that's the that's the plot, right? They right. are intricately trying to get their way into this room because they can't do it a straight shot, right? Mm-hmm. Because the zone won't let you do that, <laughs> right? The zone demands respect, and you have to go where it wants you to go. Right. So let me throw this this way. Is it okay?
0: Okay, let's go. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, cause, <clears throat> because it takes them a couple of days to get there, right? I mean, it definitely seems like it all kind of happens at once. It it actually, I think, I believe it is a day. It's just one day. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, because I know they stopped to camp yeah. multiple times.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, they stop when they first get into the zone because he said it's too early. It's too early. We can't go yet, and that's where they hear the the wolves howling or the the dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the professor is telling the writer about this 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 particular stalker,
0: right? Um, because yeah, then they stop at like the ruins, yeah. To uh... excuse us, box water break, Jesus. Um, <laughs> they they stop at the ruins to. Uh, refresh i think because they're because i know they're like by a waterfall as well yeah this is after they um
1: this is after they get separated from the professor the professor goes back for his knapsack uh which he insists on having with him and we find out why in a little bit right and they're like oh my god the professor where is he And they're like well he's gone he's like should we wait no we can't because things change by the minute here. We can't wait. We have to go this way. We got to go now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to the dry tunnels. And the dry tunnels is a local joke because – amongst stalkers, I guess. Because it is filled with water. I mean running water all the time, right? Yeah. And so after they get out of that and they actually end up where they walked in from um, because they met the professor at the door – where he found his knapsack they're like oh what Whew. because there was a lug nut hanging from that door and it was another stalker's warning don't walk in there oh. and so they're like wow we got really lucky let's hold off let's sit right here and let's wait and that's where we get our you know monochromatic what you call a dream sequence what i call a flashback who knows no As Tarkovsky said, if we're looking for meaning, we're missing everything, right?
0: Right. So, I will say, just kind of side, sure, yeah, sidebar. Um, When it it is very monochromatic, (laughs) the the main actor's hair. Oh yeah, there is um, a
1: blonde spot in his hair.
0: I thought. That was just the lighting uh-huh. of the monochromatic, and oh, it was yeah. just bouncing off his head. I'm like, wow, his head's really shiny right there. But then once we get into the zone, it's color. I'm like, oh, it's, it's just blonde. Oh. It is blonde, but, yeah, Well, yeah. I thought it was just he had just a patch of white hair. Right. But I was like, oh, okay. I'm yeah. just just looking at too much. Um, so uh, um, should we explain uh, – what? Why the professor's knapsack is so important?
1: Maybe. Hold on. Let's uh, let's um, let's wait because I want to get to the room itself. Okay. At the end, I think. Let's talk about the style and why. I was so surprised you said, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do this movie. Because I was like, all right, cool. Because, all right, you said yes, no baxies. All right? Because <laughs> this movie is very, very slow. Yeah. It's very philosophical, very existential. Um, so it is, this movie is telling you, this is what it would be like... Not only to search so hard for something that you want so badly, but what it's like once you got it. Mm-hmm. What's it like if, you're, if your heart's desire came true, what happens? Right. Right. Um, and this is in the story of, I believe it's Porcupine? porcupine?
0: Yes. yes.
1: Porcupine, right? I saw the word and... I always second-guess myself. I go, that looks like porcupine. There's no way that says porcupine, right? Yeah. And it is, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. The porcupine is another, por- uh, another stalker. Right.
1: That was his nickname. Um, and it was the predecessor to the stalker that we're with now. Right. So it was the one that taught him how to do it. Mm-hmm. And his story is that he, his brother had had died, and he went to the zone to ask for his brother back. Mm-hmm. And instead, he became very, very rich. And what it said was the Zone had saw in him that his he truly wanted to be rich more than he wanted his brother back. Right. And so the as the professor is telling the writer all of this, the writer goes, well, who cares? You know what I mean? He's rich. What's so bad about that? He said, well, that's not what this person thought of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. He thought of himself as a selfless person who wanted his brother back. But... <laughs> Wrong. Right. This The zone was like, no, that's not what you truly want. This is what you truly want. And so um, that stalker, Porcupine... As a uh, form of survivor's guilt. Hung himself. Yeah. Right? And... Um, and so that's... That sort of gives another sort of legend and mystery to the zone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so the style. (laughs) Uh, The style of this movie is very slow, very philosophical, as we said. Yes. Um, And everything is absolutely 100% on purpose.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. I – you know, doing doing the podcast, you know, I'm – I know I've talked about this to like actual people Well, I mean you're an actual person I am an actual person uh, but like you know I'm I've self-taught myself all of like camera movements and but doing the podcast has really helped me pay attention and yeah from that first shot
1: I'd like to think that's because of me and, uh, well, yeah, yeah, and you're welcome
0: yeah. uh, <laughs> um, but like in the first shot and I'm, and I'm not talking about like with the opening credits no yeah because that's the, when
1: they're in the bar and I'd like to think that's a flash forward I think so, too. Or they're waiting for him. Either way, I don't remember. Continue.
0: Yeah. Um, but I'm talking about the opening shot um, when we get that slow push in on the stalker and his family in bed. Right. Because... We, we can, can tell
1: they're poor because they're all in one One bed. bed.
0: Yeah. yeah. And there's hardly anything in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Just a bed and a chair with their medicine, water, and...
1: Although at the end you see that they have an obscene amount of books in their house, in that same room, by the way, yeah, um, because that's where they they feed the dog, and that's where the stalker lays down, is in front of those books, right? Mm. And you're like, where is that? I thought they they have two rooms in their house. What the kitchen? The kitchen bedroom. And then the other one. <laughs> yeah. the other
0: room, right? Oh. Uh, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so as so soon as that that opening shot, I, I I knew I was like, okay, I need to be paying attention to how the camera moves and how the camera is following. Yeah. Because I know that everything is... So deliberate. Deliberate. And I will say, I do really like how the camera, the, the actors would automatically just be right there yeah. in front of the camera, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like when the writer, when they're leaving the bar. Mm-hmm. And you know, we see the rider walk away, and the camera's facing the door. No, one can see me actually moving, but the camera's facing the door, and then boom, the rider's head is right there next to the camera right almost like the camera is following him, yeah, to the door to right. the to the exit like it it beat him to the door, yes, the camera did right almost like, and again, you know, maybe I'm looking too much into this, almost like kind of like, um. You know Stanley Kubrick with The Shining, mm-hmm. almost like the camera is another entity in itself. Like it's almost like it's watching right. them. Right.
1: the The camera is a third person, well, like, fourth person. Uh, third. I meant third person in the sense like it's like third person narrative. Right. Um. It's the it's the all knowing. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, I could see. I could see how you think that because it does. There's this great scene in. Children of Men, which hopefully we will do sometime on this podcast. I did pitch it for next week, but you're going to be gone next week, and we're going to do another movie instead, um, which we'll talk about at the end. Yes, but um, we'll plug it at the end. But after that one, I want to do Children of Men. Okay. So anyway, there's this great scene in Children of Men where it's a one shot, like they're being chased in this in this car by these by these people on motorcycles, right? Right. And it's one shot. It's beautifully done. It's God, it's so excellent. Anyway, um, and it's this big fight sequence and chase sequence, and they get caught by the police, and then they they shoot the police, right? And then they escape. The camera, who's been in the car the whole time, exits the car and stays with the dead police officer in the road. And, the, and our uh, heroes, uh-huh. <laughs> our protagonist and his group of people drive away. We're no longer with him anymore. Now we're it's almost like like you said, the camera is now its own thing. It's right. it's and there's there's a fancy film studies word for it. I can't remember what it is. You mean um, something you don't know? I know, right? Um but it's you know, it's it the camera is doing its own thing,
0: right? Right. So I, I especially so like speaking of the camera and i feel like i'm about to contradict myself so like when we're in the mon- monochromatic state in the in the town mm-hmm. yeah i definitely felt like the camera was its own thing mm-hmm. and it was almost like it was following the rider the stalker and the professor yeah but once we get to the zone, I felt like the camera became much more free. You know, we're seeing everything in the zone, not just them. I mean, we're following them. Yeah. And we get some of those slow push-ins, like, on the dog yeah. at one point. But the camera feels much more open. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing everything. You know, especially, like, the shots of just, you know, we're hearing them talk, but the camera's watching the water and the water going over, like the guns that were left behind in these ruins and things like that. So I felt like it was almost like, and again, maybe again, I'm probably reading way too much into it, (laughs) but like almost like um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'm going to fuck it up. So uh, the director almost was telling the audience, like, the zone is where we can kind of be free,
1: right? It is. It's kind of like, eh, not really. I was going to say it's kind of <laughs> like the philosophy of Cool Hand Luke, but not necessarily. Yeah, it's it's different. It's a different kind of freedom, right? It's not.
0: It's not uh, the same thing. Shout as out cool to Hand last Luke. week.
1: No, right? week before last. Week before episode. last. Yeah, week. I wasn't in last week's. No, this, uh, this I, was Harry
0: Potter with my wife.
1: Right. I wasn't invited to last week. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So. All right. Hang on. What do I want to get to? I I have my notes in front of me. Only one page this time.
0: I have no notes. Oh. Mainly just because I watched this movie last night, and I was up until 2.30 in the fucking morning. Not your fault. No, it's not To make me watch this movie, this two and a half hour long movie. It's
1: Uh, 2.41, but go ahead.
0: Well, yeah. All right. Can I make a
1: fun little, um, I, I... I personally haven't read anything about this. I'm sure there's tons of things on the internet and in film journals who have written about this movie who will make this comparison. Okay. But I'm going to say I came up with it all on my own. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, you know what this is kind of like? It's kind of like The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, So it opens monochromatic, right? And in the same tone as The Wizard of Oz. Um, we, We follow... These people who are trying to achieve some sort of wish mm-hmm. that needs to be granted for them.
0: Yeah, right? Dorothy wants to go
1: home. Lion right. wants courage. Right. Uh, but who needs courage when you have a gun? You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Futurama. Anyway.
0: <laughs> oh, fucking gold! That's one of my favorite jokes they've ever uh, done. I Love Futurama. Anyway, um, come back, right. please.
1: Exactly. So and. And it's their it's their journey to that place. Right? right. It's Oz and the Wizard of Oz, and it's uh and it's the zone and it's the room and not stock with Tommy Wise No. They but they do to themselves they call it the room. And right. in the subtitles it is capitalized. Yeah. Both the and room are yeah.
0: capitalized. Yeah, I noticed that in the um, subtitles.
1: But anyway, so I just I, I like that little uh
0: that little thing, yeah. That I mean, you know, because it's you know, the uh, you'll have to bear with me. But has the professor been to the zone before? No, okay, no, neither of them had been before. So the writer and the pre- professor had never been, no. okay, so okay, so that makes what I'm about to say sense. Um, so yeah, like now that you've said it I can kind of see that comparison yeah because the stalker has been there before and it's almost like he you know much like Dorothy when she first enters the land of Oz you know she you know he's opening up this whole new world mm-hmm. to the professor and the writer yeah you know like when you say when they when they first get there and they send the the rail cart back and just kind of chill for a second yeah you know the rider's just kind of looking around like like there's so much green yeah yeah um, so yeah I mean that, I I wasn't getting that that's okay but granted like I said you've only seen it once it was I, last I've, night yeah I've, only, yeah I've only seen it once and granted like I said um, okay. when there was no talking for a while I just stopped paying attention to what they were saying and focusing on the scene yeah um, which if anyone decides to watch this movie which I mean Uh, Yeah. Oh, I I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, it's, you know, it definitely cultured me up on how foreign filmmaking versus American filmmaking. Oh, this is just one guy. I know. I
1: mean, this is just his specific style. (laughs) Like, the the mirror is like this. Solaris is like this. Uh, He's got a lot of... uh, Yeah.
0: I mean, of course, now, you know, in 2019, this is going to be a way sidebar. 2019, most foreign filmmakers are making American Film and bringing their style, you know, with like, you know, uh, Alejandro Iñárritu for example. Oh, I love him, love him so much. Love that guy. Watch all of his movies now. Yes, absolutely. Especially, uh, dude, um, See, I was in, I was in Australia the yeah. first time I ever saw Babel. This is like oh, yeah, way Abel. sidebar, way sidebar, but I have to talk about this. Um, I'd never seen boobs in a movie before up to oh. that point. So I was 15, 16. Yeah. And I'm just like flicking through the channels. In in this hotel room. And uh, I was like, oh, the boobs. I didn't understand the movie because I'd missed the whole first half of the movie. So I was like, why are we following uh, Brad Pitt and then this Asian chick and then these – are they Muslim boys or – Yes, they're in – Afghanistan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, what's, what's the point of this? And it wasn't until I actually saw Birdman and then rewatched Babel. Yeah. Yeah. I understood the the interconnectivity of, right. of and, everything. You know, that wasn't his first one. He had done two
1: others before that. He had done Amores Perros and uh, 21 Grams. And they, they're the same style. They're interconnecting stories mm-hmm. uh, that seem separate at first, and then they come together at the yeah,
0: end. Yeah, and then, and then he did Birdman. Which, I love uh, Birdman so much. Birdman's so So,
1: actually... Anyway. Um, that actually ties into um, Children of Men because that's one of the other amigos. They're the three amigos of filmmaking. It's Alejandro Iñárritu, Alfonso Caron, and Guillermo del Toro. Really? And they're they're all buddies and they hang out because um, they're is Spanish it, filmmakers isn't or Mexican filmmakers. Has Alfonso worked with Alejandro? No. I mean, they're just friends. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Because they, they make films at the same time in the same era and they're, you know, from the same place.
0: So. And it all seems like... Although, I think Guillermo might be from Spain. I think he is. But it, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Now, I'm pretty sure I've seen an Alfonso... I can't pronounce... I'm not going to try to pronounce his no. last name. No. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen one of his movies. I'm a you um, <laughs> But, you know, I feel like they all three have covered different genres. You oh, know, for sure. You know, Guillermo is all horror. It's all... I'm, I mean... I don't think I've ever seen him do anything but horror. Or at least some kind of horror-esque, you know, like Pan's Labyrinth. God, uh, I love Pan's Labyrinth. That's yeah. what we could do for the podcast. It's in Spanish. That's uh, another foreign language. Really? Though. Yeah, of course. We could do that. Well, I've That'd never be... seen Pan's Labyrinth. Oh,
1: it's so much fun, man. Uh,
0: I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen both Hellboy movies. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I love Guillermo del Toro. Uh, do you, but, see you know, Ship of Water? I still want to. It's great. Um... But, you know, then Alfonso – no, uh, Alejandro does uh, drama or black comedy. Well, black comedy more so with Birdman. Yeah. But everything else is drama. Yeah. Even I would say – I mean it's not the one genre I would give to The Revenant. But, I mean, The Revenant is still – I would consider that a drama. I would get to the, consider it an action-adventure drama. Biographical too because he was a real person. Yeah, right. Um, I just realized we got way off topic. Yeah, now we're talking about the three amigos of filmmaking. Uh, Um, Sorry about that, guys. uh, So okay, so we're talking. I'm gonna have to like refresh my own mind here. Uh, Talking about Babel, I don't know if I can remember. Um, what? Because what point did you just make? You made a point. And I, I just <laughs> ran. It know. was. It, it couldn't have been about nudity because <laughs> there's no. no nudity in this movie. No, you know uh, uh, that we're talking
1: about right now.
0: Um, I mentioned how, like, when they first got in the zone, they chill because mm-hmm. uh, we. I uh, was saying how, yeah, it is kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, <laughs> I don't fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure when I listen to this to edit this, you know, I'll be like, oh, that's what we're talking about. Oh, right, right.
1: Um, okay, let's... All right. Let's talk about the room itself, okay. shall we? You don't really get to see it. Not the whole thing. Right. right? We get... We get a—I think it's one of the most beautiful shots in the whole movie because they're there. They've Mm -hmm. made it, right? But it is shot in such a way that you don't get to see inside. Uh, We see the three men looking at it uh, from the side. We get a side view of the room. Mm -hmm. We don't get to see inside because, you know, there's a wall there, right? Right. But we get to see the three men that we finally got there. Take your time. You know, the stalker's telling the men, we're in no rush. Take your time, do each one. Right, and that's when we find out what's wh- in his knapsack. What's in the knapsack? Right. What's in the box? What's in the box? Mom is going to love that, but she's not going to listen to this. But <laughs> she, she makes that reference all the time. Anyway, um, what is in the knapsack? It is a bomb. Yes, a twenty kilogram
0: bomb. Bomb. Yeah, because I remember. So, like, I just see. I, I'm kind of remembering what we were talking about. But, like, uh, so, like, I was saying, you know. That's what I was. That was the point I was about to make. You know, you, everyone watching the movie. See, I, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, there are there are periods in this movie where there is no talking. First nine minutes of the film, there is no oh, yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Um And so after a while, after I think like the third time of there being no dialogue, I stopped paying attention to what they were saying mm-hmm. and focusing on the scene itself. Right. And then when it gets to that. That's when I was paying attention again. That's, I was like, that really
1: breaks my heart because I wasn't listening to
0: them before that. Because, like, like something happened and I kind of looked up, I looked down, and then the professor says, I found it. I found the bomb. I was like, "Um, Um, the what now? uh, The what? Yeah.
1: You have a bomb? Well, that's one of the most interesting scenes in the film is while the writer is making his crown of thorns. (laughs) while he's talking the phone rings and the phone what? There's a phone
0: there? Yeah yeah, when I heard the phone ring it was like wait and
1: they were kind of you know the writer picks it up he goes no this isn't whatever you're looking for and he hangs up and then they stop and they look at it they're like wait what just happened? (laughs) Like there's a phone and it works? In this place? And The only way I can describe this place, it's not gonna be very nice, but it's gonna be like, the way I would describe where they're at would be like um, a month after Katrina going into one of the houses.
0: That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's yeah, it's barren. There's walls missing. Everywhere.
1: Like the amount of times they had to walk get soaking wet. I was like, oh. I just felt so uncomfortable because they had to go in their clothes in this water all the time, right? Yeah. They are constantly soaking wet (laughs) in this movie. Anyway, but I love the sound of water, right? When they're rustling through it. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I that's a really cool effect. It's very echoey. Right when they're rustling right. through the water or whatever. Anyway, um, so the phone rings. And, <laughs> and, and the writer calls someone, right? The professor calls someone. Oh, that's right. The professor calls his laboratory to tell him, hey, nice try, I found it. And at that time, we have no idea what he's talking about. He's like, I found it, and I'm going to go through with it. And they're like, you shouldn't do that. You're going to go to jail. And we've decided not to go through with that. Please don't do this, right? Mm. Like, what is he talking about? And um, and then once they finally make it into the room, which is just right there next right. to that room, right? Right. Which the way it's filmed, you can't tell. It's just when we get that wide shot uh, of of the room and where they're in front of it, right? Mm. Then we can say, oh, they were just right there, right? And no. that's where that phone is, right there. Um, and even the writer had mentioned. There's a working phone. There's electricity. What's going on? What is this place? Right. Right. Because he turns the light on, mm-hmm. and the light gets really bright, and then it burns out. Right. Anyway, um, and so that's and that's sort of like a surrealist element of the film. I think that there's mm-hmm. a working telephone in this place. Yeah. You know? And it, it's a little comedic moment of them all looking at the phone at the same time. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> "Wait a minute! It, it's a it's a comedic timing." Right. Of that is funny. But anyway, the bomb. He has a bomb in his knapsack. The professor does. Mm. And so what they had decided at first was they don't want the the room in the zone to get into the wrong hands. So we need to destroy it. Right. Because someone who truly wants something horrible to happen can get it to come true by just going to this place. Right. And then they decided, well, Mm. no – his, his scientist buddies, I guess, were like, no, we shouldn't do that. You know, let's scrap the project. You know, I don't remember what the reasoning was behind that. But um, they're like, ah, that's a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. You right. know, Because it's part of nature. That's why. Because um, it, somehow, some way, this meteorite hitting this area made this happen out of nature. And that's... Amazing. Let's try to let's study it. Let's see and find out what's going on.
0: Right. Well, and, and that's what we think the professor's doing. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna study the zone. Right. I'm just here to, you know, see. Right. You know, yeah, right. Um anyway, as you're saying. Just wanna make that point. And the professor uh,
1: decides, no, <laughs> I'm gonna go look for it. And so he goes and looks for the bomb, he finds it, and he brings it along with him on this journey to the zone. <laughs> and and the stalker is pleading with him, please. Please don't do this. And the writer turns out, no. Fuck you, stalker. Let him do it. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they get into a, a yeah. physical altercation. Because yeah. that's when, I, was, again, I was starting to pay attention again. <sighs>
1: that just breaks my heart. It is a <laughs> two-hour span of time between when you stopped paying attention to when you started paying attention. But anyway, I'm going to ignore that for now. I can berate you about it later. <laughs> so... They do get this <clears throat> altercation and then they finally just, you know, they're like, stalker, what do you care? You know what I mean? It's like you're just watching people who have nothing come over here. You you profit off of people's misery right. all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. And you never <clears throat>
1: even go in there. Why don't you go in there? He's like stalkers can't go in there. He's like, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Why? Mm. And then the stalker explains why, right? Why stalkers can't go into the room. They can only bring people there, blah, 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 blah. And then that's when they bring a porcupine. Dude, that sounds so stupid saying that. I bet you it sounds awesome in Russian, and I wasn't paying attention to how it's pronounced in Russian. Yeah. Um, But he's like, yes, but see what happened to him when he did, right? So we don't, you know, whatever. And so after explaining and being very genuine like i i can't you know i can't go in there and I, I i don't profit off of people's misery i profit off of helping people get what they want mm. right i risk my life and i risk your life getting in getting us in
0: here. yeah and i notice that he keeps saying don't destroy the hope
1: yeah yeah he's like this this gives people with nothing something like this is important to so many people mm-hmm. that that have lost everything right and so then the, the professor is like, he, he gets it. He understands.
0: And so he, he dismantles.
1: Which is really cool. It's a lot of screwing stuff off and, you know, throwing th- it. To me, it's like that that was going to explode. Like, he just <laughs> screws it on. It's, it's like a bottle cap. You know what I mean? Well, going back to what you're saying of,
0: uh, you know, just using what they had, you know, like... That's
1: true. That's a really good point right You
0: know, I'm <laughs> going <gonna make, laughs> to make... I'm going to... We're going to make this scene very emotional. You've got a bomb. And it's going to be super easy to dismantle It's going to be it. really easy to dismantle it. You just like, do this? You know, all right, you're done.
1: There's not even any wires, bro. You just push buttons on it. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway. And then we get this really cool shot from inside the room. And now it's like the room looking at the men that are in front of it, and they're all sitting down right at the threshold of the room. Mm-hmm. There's even a point where they're, where they're still talking, and we have that side view where the professor—no, the writer almost falls into the room, and he stumbles, and Stalker grabs him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they just—they don't want to be there yet. Right? They don't even want to set foot in that room yet. So they're sitting in front of it. We get this POV shot from inside the room. So we get to see a little bit of the room. Mm. Um, It's not much. It's just a room with tile, with water everywhere. Right? right? That's all it is. And we get this shot that's a few minutes long. Most... Every shot is at least a minute long, right? Right. This one's a few minutes, and we see a rain come through, like uh, like a small rain shower comes through, and and then goes away, right? Um, and as this is going on, the professor is still dismantling the bomb, right? And then we get a shot of a piece of the bomb with, I guess, oil or something from inside the bomb, I suppose, Mm -hmm. uh, in the water. And there's fish in the water in the room, right? Because he keeps throwing pieces into the room, right? Um, And it's such a a gorgeous shot. And it's it's very introspective. You know, the men are truly thinking about the implications of this room, but what could happen. Right. right, and we have no idea if they actually went in or not because the very next shot they're back in the bar. Mm-hmm. so we we never know if the writer or the professor ever did walk in there and demand something from the room. right um, we just saw them afterward, and then we get to the real cool part
0: yeah, yeah, because because uh, stalker goes home. To his wife.
1: And he, and so, and I'm going to pose this question to you in a minute, but this does make it seem like maybe not, because the stalker lays down as he's brought the dog back with him,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the. The dog
1: from the zone followed them back and is now with the stalker now in his family. Um, He's laying on the ground and he is just so upset that these two men don't believe in anything. You know, they didn't believe in the room. They didn't believe in the zone. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's just so beside himself about it. And his wife is trying to console him, be like, it's okay, You know, not everyone's, you know, maybe they did at the end. He goes, no, they didn't. They didn't believe. You know, why? Why didn't they? Right. And, you know, he is just distraught and he's in bed. And then we get the shot of his daughter, Monkey. She's at the kitchen table, right? That's right. She's reading Tarkovsky. Right? No. And she looks at the three glasses. One's a jar. The two are drinking glasses. Um, On the table. And she starts making one of them move. She's just looking at it. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's just moving across the table. Then she looks at the other one, and it moves across the table. Then she looks at the third one, and it moves, and it moves, and it moves, and it falls off the table. All right? This could be... Again... Those looking for meaning while viewing this will miss everything. Yeah. Um, it could be, you know, uh, an analogy of the three men who just went to the zone. Um, you know, who knows? Right. Right. But she is moving something with her mind. Right. 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 And then we hear the train go by. Right. And things start rattling. Right. Not really moving anything, but it's rattling. Right. Right. And then we hear music from the train as well. I think it's classical music or something. Yeah. Um, which, if we find it, that'll be a good intro or outro, by the way. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that I'm sure we can find somewhere. Um, and and, it go, and then you start thinking, well...
0: At the beginning of the movie...
1: A train went by in the beginning of the movie, right?
0: And we saw the, the chair with their, their glass of water and their... Medicine. Who knows? Yeah. No judgment, but there yeah. was a needle. Yeah, there uh, is several needles. Yeah,
1: several needles, and it could be for his daughter. I don't know. But, and in, in the water glass moved across the table in the beginning of the As film. the train was mo- coming right. by. Nothing else was moving, just the water glass. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as we pan across, as you were saying in, in the beginning, we pan across everyone's faces in the bed. The only person who's awake and is the, looking at that water glass is stalker. is stalker,
0: right? Yeah, and then when we pan back, then we notice his wife's awake, right? But he doesn't know that, no. And
1: so now that we have the two trains that are connecting these two moments, mm-hmm. we we think maybe the stalker can also do that, right? Right. And now is she a product of the zone, as the as the professor? Mutant uh, right. of the Zone, right? Who knows? Because I'm going to pose this question to you.
0: Okay.
1: Is the Zone even real? Does it have these mystical properties? Because the only reason why I bring it up, number one, Tarkovsky says no. Stalker's lying to them. Uh, he's just taking their money. He's taking them through this wild goose chase. It's not real. Right, right. Um, there is a really good defense for that. Um, okay. there there is no f- physical traps we see ever. Right, no one ever gets caught with anything. Right, there are a couple of strange moments. Uh, one when they're in the the dry tunnel, as I say with air quotes, mm-hmm. they come back to where they started. Right, that could just be they got lost, they got turned around. Okay, I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a strange moment when the when the writer is walking up to the room or to the building where the
0: room is. And it's, it's those, those mounds, right? And different.
1: Oh, that's one of my favorite scenes, by the way. But no, when, um, it's in the beginning when they just get there. Right. And he is telling him, Hey man, don't touch anything. Don't go where I don't tell you to. It's not going to work out for you, man. You can't do that. Paraphrasing. Of course. Right. now, writer says, "Nah." uh, paraphrasing, sorry, <laughs> No uh I'm going to do what I want. And he goes, fine, go for it. Go, right now. You know, we'll watch you. <laughs> and as he's walking up to the room, he stops. And then, the professor tells the stalker, why did you stop him? And stalker goes, I thought you did. Right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh. And then, the writer comes back, and he goes, why did you stop me? He goes, I didn't. I didn't say anything. <sighs> Could be a psychological manifestation. You know, the stalker has put so much information in their brains about this place, Mm -hmm. about what it can do to you, that of course, like if I tell you, hey, Rain, I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't scratch your nose right now. You're going to start thinking about your nose, and eventually you're going to scratch it because you keep thinking about it. So... Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's probably what it was, maybe.
0: That he just kind of overloaded them yeah. with, you know, the the almost like, a, not necessarily Inception, but like, yeah, he's made them think about it so much, the importance of this place. Right, and, and so now
1: they're starting to really analyze everything that's going on with them at that very moment to see anything weird, right? Is anything weird going on? Mm. Did someone just say stop? Should I stop? Okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, And so there is a real good case to be made that the zone doesn't really exist. Right. However. Okay. We do get to the end of the movie. And why would he lie to his wife? Who cares? (laughs) Right? Yeah. He's so upset that they don't believe in the zone. So my theory. Okay. If I choose to believe that it is not true, that Porcupine knew it wasn't. Or maybe even the predecessor to Porcupine knew it didn't. But if you tell someone something long enough, and it's like, hey man, you need to do it this way, this way, and this way, or else this, this, and this will happen, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't question it. Right. Right? So I think the stalker absolutely believes in what he's doing. I think his teacher or his teacher's teacher's teacher teasers made it up
0: right and it's just been almost like a um
1: actually like, it probably wouldn't go back that far the meteorite was twenty years before this point so teachers, teachers, I guess
0: yeah and so kind of like a um I guess an urban legend of sorts yeah you know as it goes down through everyone through the information chain right it becomes now fact.
1: it's fact right um and so, I, I don't think the stalker himself is lying, but I also think it's probably not true. And, and the zone doesn't really exist. I mean, yes, the place exists. Yes, people think...
0: That it has these...
1: Right. And uh, these mystical properties and these magical powers or whatever. Right. Why else would they zone it off, right? Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> so... I mean, it's a really cool way to sort of deconstruct this movie, even though we're not supposed to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and here's the thing, because yeah, I really wanted to talk about this, because you mentioned it.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, this was during, because you mentioned this was uh, Tarkovsky's last movie during the Iron Curtain. Right. Behind the Iron Curtain.
1: And behind he, the- the effect, I think you went to the West or something after this, and then started making other movies after that. Not a whole bunch after this, mind you, and you're about right. to tell me why.
0: Well, wait, what, what? About he,
1: what? he didn't make a whole lot of movies after this. Why? Why didn't he make a lot of movies after this?
0: Oh, because he got cancer. Because he died. And he died. Right. Um, no, so, but you know the, the 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 timing of this. You know, it's it's the eighties. I'm gonna go ahead and just say it's the eighties. It's '79, but all no, right. it's the eighties. Um, you know, uh, you know, we it's still the Cold War going on between mm-hmm. the U.S. and the Soviet Union. You know, and there's a lot of shit going on in the Soviet Union. Yeah, a lot of shit. Um, you know, the Berlin Wall is still standing. I mean, that's Germany, but still, there's a lot of shit going with the KGB and Russia trying to beat out America. Hashtag, uh, you know, Stranger Things season oh. three. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude, the Russians are all over that season, dog. Uh. <laughs> If anyone doesn't know, Jeremy hates Stranger Things. I
1: hate it.
0: Anyway. Anyway. So, you know, and this, you know, and all the the trivia and things I read about this film um, after the fact was, you know, that it was definitely a product of the the climate, the political climate of when it was being made. (laughs) So kind of like what you're saying with, you know, the budget, you know, (laughs) Russian government didn't want to give out, you know. Stuff for movies. We would uh, space race. That's you, what's important right you now. You should
1: watch Solaris and then compare it to 2001.
0: A Space Odyssey. Oh, dude,
1: they were made around the same time. Okay. Astronomically different because he made Solaris in Russia, right? Mm-hmm. And because he made this a few years before Stalker. Well, a lot of years because it was like nine years before Stalker. But, um, but <laughs> what he had to work with was not great. Yeah. So it doesn't look slick like 2001 did, mm. right? Cuz it is set in space in a spaceship in space, right? Right. And if you've seen the uh, George Clooney um Steven Soderbergh remake, which is also good, by the Ravity? way. No. <laughs> That's an Alfonso Cuarón movie, by uh, the way. Right, 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 right. So you have seen one, but um no, uh, it's a re- it's called Solaris uh, also. I feel like I'm- it's really good. It's really it's, 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 it's true to the original source, which is Tarkovsky's Solaris. It is like 40 minutes shorter. At least. Or at least an hour shorter. Um I don't think I did ever see. It's very good. Movie. Um but anyway, that looks really slick. Again, the original Solaris does not look slick. Right. Right. Um, so it, you're right that Russia filmmaking is, you know, he actually, to get really good shots for Solaris, I know this isn't the Solaris podcast, but <laughs> it also isn't the Babel or Birdman podcast. So, all right. <laughs> so, anyway, um, he went to Japan uh, mm. and he gave some weird excuse why he wanted to go to Japan.
0: I'm sure the Russian government was like, why do you need to go there?
1: It was because he said their highway system and their, you know, layout is very futuristic. And that's what I want to use them for. And he said, "Okay, fine, (laughs) fine. What he did in Japan, I mean, it was it's very Tarkovsky. It's just, you know, um, it's the scenes in the film where they're just walking down a highway. Right. Mm -hmm. Good, that's what he said he was gonna do, but I mean it's like walking down the highway for like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a very Tarkovskyan way to do mm-hmm. something and it's, it's visually stunning. I mean it's awesome.
0: Right. But he just he just wanted to get out of Russia. That's why he did it. Yeah. Well and see so, and so the other thing that's really crazy is, you know, this this film, you know, and the political climate that was going on, you know, it was before and correct me if I'm wrong. I may. I feel like I am about to say something stupid wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. I would. Uh, I'm just kidding. Go this ahead. Film, this film came out before Chernobyl. Connect, correct? Correct. <sighs> Chernobyl was '86. Yes, that it? it is before Chernobyl. Yes. Cool. I was right. Good job. Thank you. Uh, but no. So like. You know, I was getting these very Chernobyl vibes. (laughs) Yeah, it is before Chernobyl
1: actually happened. Right. It it is a sort of you know wasteland, sort of ghost town, sort of a feel. Once they get into the zone, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel
0: like it. It took kind of a a. Fuck! I can't (laughs) think of his name. (laughs) Fuck.
1: His first name is
0: George. Um. Romero.
1: No. I'm just I'm just shouting. Out uh, no, the,
0: uh, the director of Mad Max. Miller. George Miller. I knew his, I knew his first name was George. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you know, like what he did with Mad Max Fury Road. Which it's I love. It's post-apocalyptic, but he, you know, his wife, thank God she gave him this idea, was like, well, why does it have to be dark? Why does it have to be dingy? It can be bright. It can be. It can be still be a wasteland. Yeah. But it can be bright. It can be. You know, no one had used orange for a wasteland before. And oh, felt, dude. And I felt like the, that was the, the zone. color palette of that movie is so cool. It's oh, great. So it's, good. It's so awesome. And uh, Tom Hardy slaps in that film without saying hardly any lines. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he doesn't say a word. Anyway, anyway uh, but no, that's why I felt like with The Zone, you know, like you're saying, you know, with the, with the text scrawl at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, you would assume, okay, meteor touchdown, we're probably going to see some, you know, I had a feeling I'd see barren buildings and things like that, but I wasn't expecting greenery. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a really good, not necessarily a juxtaposition, but a really good way to break the norm Mm -hmm. of what you would assume it would look like. Especially considering the first 20 minutes of the film Mm -hmm. are in that monochromatic brown. So you would assume, okay, they're about to go somewhere, this is going to look the same. Um, But yeah, no... um, Yeah, that was was all the point I was trying to make. No, it's great. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Oh, but yeah, that was the point. You know, because, you know, these early Chernobyl vibes before, you know, almost seven years before Chernobyl actually happened.
1: Oh, shout out to the unbelievable miniseries on HBO. Oh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I've been
0: wanting to watch it. It's so good, man. Uh, uh, Because Jared Harris is in it. Huh? Love that guy. He's a great Moriarty, by the way.
1: Yeah, and uh, Still in Skarsgård. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's it's probably one of the greatest things they've done in a while. Uh, I'm watching years. (coughs) Game of Thrones. I'm watching years and years right now, and it's all right. Um, What Game of Thrones? No, years and years. (laughs) Uh, Right on HBO. I'm. But man, nothing just crushed like
0: Chernobyl. Chernobyl man. And they're not gonna I'm assuming they're not gonna do it anymore. It was yeah. just
1: a miniseries. It was a miniseries. It was so good though, man. It was like like you know how they did the night of, you know, that was a miniseries. This is yeah. the same thing. Anyway, welcome back to the Chernobyl podcast, which exists, <laughs> by the way. The Chernobyl
0: podcast, check it out. It talks about the miniseries Chernobyl. Well, and sidebar, isn't the actual radiation of Chernobyl finally starting to
1: I don't know. The no Half-Life way. is longer than that.
0: No, <laughs> it's there for
1: hundreds of years, I think.
0: Because I feel like me and Ashley watched a documentary. I mean, uh, this is way off base from what Not we're talking really. about. Not really. It's the Russia-based. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, um, where... Oh, shit. My pin that I used to accept my points. Right. Um, to no one but me, by the way. <laughs> um, we watched a documentary where people not necessarily going back to live there but they're allowed to actually go in there without a hazmat suit but they're not allowed to be there for too long right? because it's not habitable still obviously No, but it's the radiation levels are so low now that you can go in without a radiation suit without having a mask they just wouldn't say you know Go explore, which I mean, I think <laughs> they need a guide. Hey, that brings us back to Star. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But uh, no, uh, anyway, the, 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 that's I just want to bring that. That's up That's
1: interesting. I don't. I, I and that I thought that you know you still can't go over there, but maybe I'm wrong. Um,
0: yeah, it's something like because like in the documentary, like they like followed a family that like the mom was a little girl. When it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, her parents scooped her up and got her out of there. Yeah. But, you know, now she's an older lady, has a family of her own. And she was there with her grandson. And she was like, you yeah, know, this is where we lived. And actually were able to go into the house. And the grandson was like, wow, you lived here? Like, this is amazing. But they, I think the grand total, they were there for probably like, I want to say 30 minutes.
1: They said the Soviet numbers of the deaths, it's insane. It's like 30 and the real number is in the thousands. I mean, it's nuts. Really? Um, oh, yeah. There's a shot in the miniseries, and it's it's a beautiful shot. It's a beautiful sequence of shots uh, where these people are watching Chernobyl on fire. Right. From a good ways away, right? Mm-hmm. And there's ash that starts falling down on them from this bridge. And at the end of the miniseries, nobody on that bridge survived nobody because they were just playing in it right playing in the ash and they're like no one who was on that bridge survived and (sighs) it's yeah because of the radiation and yeah the exposure it's insane you gotta see it because you i had no idea like how how much of an impact that radiation had i mean it's unbelievable it's unbelievable. Yeah, I uh, I don't ever ever want to be around anything nuclear. When you're watching it, the, the first episode is the is the actual event, right?
0: So does, does it kind of play? Not necessarily play in flashbacks, but kind of like jumping back and forth. No. Also, it's so episode one. It just starts. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck.
1: Yeah, actually, episode one is like is like a few seconds. Like, after, right after? After the initial explosion.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it just hits and it's going. This, I'm sorry, this isn't the Chernobyl podcast, <laughs> but this, <laughs> I love the show so much. One of the firefighters picked up a piece of graphite off the ground, which was in the core of the nuclear, <laughs> nuclear site. He picked it up. One of the guys said, hey, man, put that down. What are you doing? Let's go. He goes, all right. A few seconds later, his hand was torn, swollen, and on fire because it was a part of the nuclear core that was on the ground, right?
0: And... Because that's what the core is made of is graphite. Anyway. Uh. So, you know, again, you know, this is super sidebar. We're, we, Everyone listening, we will get back to Stalker. But whose fucking idea, the Russian government, was it? Like, let's build a home. Let's build, you know, a nuclear power plant and homes right next to each other. Well, because. With schools. It's
1: actually not. It's not a crazy idea. It was. Th- and you'll you'll see when you watch the show exactly what happened. You know they cut corners in cost in a couple of places, uh-huh. and it just it it led to a domino effect, which led it to explode. Right, uh, they were just doing a training exercise. And that's what made it explode. And it's unbelievable. And it's so crazy. It's a great... And the final episode, he goes through the events that what led up to it. And that's what... That's the only flashbacks you get.
0: Oh, okay. Um, but... I'm assuming Jared uh, Harris is one of the mm-hmm. main yeah. scientists Yeah. Of, of him. And I'm assuming still so in Skazgar. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to give those two powerhouses in the show together and not have them in major roles you'd be
1: surprised on how many people in some episodes are like oh my god they're in that and then you don't see them again so <laughs> uh,
0: but anyway stalker anyway, Russia. Yeah. right so all of that this big explanation so very Chernobyl vibes before Chernobyl ever happened that's it. Moving
1: on. <laughs> all right, Rain. Final thoughts about Stalker. Did Did you enjoy it? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's why I wanted to do it.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I know off mic and during the whole couch moving process and driving to Odessa and driving back to Midland, I, I was making it sound like I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I did because I appreciated all these beautiful shots, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, with the slow push in on Stalker and his wife at the very beginning of the movie, the camera goes through their double doors. Yeah. And then we see him, you know, and again, every shot was deliberate. And I knew that, like when he kind of slightly closes the door and then the camera just kind of goes, whoosh. well, no one could see that pans. Yeah. And we see his wife get up mm-hmm. and we could see her through the crack. Yeah. And I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I loved all the shots in the zone just the problem for me (laughs) I'm gonna love this go ahead and and, you know and I hate 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 uh, exposition hate it but I needed some fucking dialogue. Oh, <laughs> I needed people I, talking. I, yeah. I didn't need it to be spelled out for me. Yeah. Because I hate exposition. We right. Just spell it out. Like, I loved Far From Home. And I love Jake Gyllenhaal as... I'm going to use this as my example. I love Jake Gyllenhaal as the bad guy. But in that scene where he's expositioning everything... Yeah. I'm like, okay. He's doing a bad guy speech to his other fellow bad guys. And they're like, what are you doing this for? You're doing it for us. And yeah, They, they pretty, did it for the audience. Yeah. yeah but... I don't need things spelled out. Yeah. Like, all he could have said is why he was doing it. And I'd be like, got you. Let's move on. Yeah. As for this, I needed dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like I said, not to spell things out for me, just to explain maybe a character's motives. Or Mm -hmm. maybe just what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I stopped paying attention. Because I was like, okay, if you're not going to talk, then I'm not going to pay attention to what you have to say. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to what's going on in the scene. Mm -hmm. Um... And so I, like, I, eventually I just stopped reading. Yeah. I was just, you know, hearing what they're saying. and I, But I'm like, okay, I don't know what you're saying. What's going on? Um, it's really hard. You know, mom will will tell me,
1: you know, I'll tell her, hey, I was watching this the other day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was in French or whatever. It was in Russian. Right. And she just can't believe I can do that. Um, she's like, how do you watch a movie and read it at the same time? I go, it's hard.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> it is, if yeah, I'm, yeah I'm if re- you love what you do, which
1: is me, my hobby is... Film analysis, film studies. Yeah. Um. If you love it, you make it work. It's hard, but you know if you got it. Like the hardest one I've ever watched. There's two. It's eight and a half. Um. Fellini. It's in Italian, and it is Mm. fast. It is really fast, and so you have to stop and be like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Oh, my eyes hurt. You know, Uh, because they're just talking so fast and so much, right? Yeah. Um. And the other one is City of God. Uh, which is set in Rio de Janeiro and it's Portuguese. And Portuguese, no offense. Actually, you know what? Who cares? Offense. (laughs) I do not like the way it sounds. It's an ugly sounding language. And also they'll say a Spanish word in there every now and then. And I'll look. I'll go, oh, I know that word. And then I miss a line of dialogue. Shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, because the only other movie I've ever had to read And I should mention this before. Besides this one, and besides Inglorious Bastards, besides this one, is uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Is it in? It's in uh, Chinese. Chinese is not a language; it's Mandarin. Chinese. Hang on. Because I was actually just talking about this movie today, and this movie is fucking hilarious. I know of the movie. Yes. It's from Stephen Chow. Uh, God, I uh, fuck. I think I'm pretty sure it's it's Japanese. Okay, well, cool, because Chinese is not a language; it's Mandarin. It, uh, no Cantonese. Okay, Cantonese, really? Wow, interesting. Or, but oh, fuck. It, it, it's, it was made in the Asias. <laughs> but the only reason why I was awesome. able to read that movie properly is because I'd seen it both ways. Mm-hmm. I'd seen it in the, I'd originally seen it in the dub, which I can't watch a movie dubbed, which is crazy because I love anime.
1: I, hold on. I think I have seen a movie dubbed. Oh, I'm trying to think. You know what? I don't know if I can either because I started to with – in October, we'll probably do this movie and I'll make you read another one, <laughs> uh, which is Let the Right One In.
0: Um, Didn't they do a, a remake. remake of that with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz? Uh, yep. Let Me In? Yep. And she's like a vampire? Yep. Yeah. That's it. you got to invite them
1: in. The original is so much better. Anyway.
0: Well, um, I feel the most of the most art. And I
1: started watching it dub because I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like reading today.
0: and I can't I can't deal with the, the words not matching the mouth.
1: Yeah, that was driving me crazy. And also the tone of voice didn't match the characters either. And so I was like, ah, forget it. I'll just read it.
0: Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so there's Kung Fu Hustle. The great thing about that is, so the director of the movie, Stephen Chow, um, Wrote, directed, and starred in it, and did his own dub because he can speak English very fluently. Oh, nice! Um, so he did his character's dub. Anyway, um, that one I could sit through. I was still like, "That's, That's not true." I saw Old Boy dubbed, and it was alright. Dude, Old Boy is Old fantastic. Great. We should do of Old Boy. Anyway, so um, the the point I'm making is that like, so. Yeah, it was it was hard for me to watch this s- subtitled, especially when they didn't fucking talk. I don't even remember the I don't remember the point I was making again. I don't know why I brought up coming to the hospital. It, so
1: it's hard to to watch a movie and read it at the same time. I'm sure yeah. it's easier for some people than others. It's hard for me, uh, but uh, that
0: was the point. Yeah,
1: but I but I power through because I love. I love this, right? Yeah. And I'm glad you powered through it. Next week, <laughs> next time we do this, it won't be next week. We'll be out of town.
0: Yeah, and I'm getting some fresh ink.
1: Yep, getting tatted up. That's what's up. Um, next time we do this, we are going to be doing a rain pick. And it's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm very excited. I love Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Is, I cause... love Hunter S. Thompson. I love uh, I love Terry Gilliam. It's great. I can't wait.
0: Um, so before we end the episode, I want to leave people with a little thought for this. Um, who do you think played Hunter S. Thompson better, Bill Murray or Johnny Depp? I already have your answer, but that's fine. Uh, I, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say you
1: already because uh, I'm going to say it too. Yeah, but you know, I I love Bill Murray. Yeah, so do I. Bill Murray's. It's Bill Murray. But where the Buffalo Romance, like.
0: Uh, dude, I. You want to talk about a movie I had to power through? Oh, fuck. It's where the Buffalo Romance? I room. could. Oh. Because <laughs> by that point, I'd already seen Fear and Loathing 80 times. To- I mean, I'm exaggerating. But I'd seen Fear and Loathing enough. I'd studied Fear and Loathing enough. I'd understood who Hunter S. Thompson was. And I knew Johnny Depp was. He, he became Hunter S. Thompson. Do you? Now, this is. This is an on-mic question.
1: Okay. Do you want to make it a double header and do both Fear and Loathing and Rum Diary? Oh
0: fuck. Well see, I haven't finished Rum Diary. Because it, I have a feeling you're you're gonna judge me for this. And this is, this is a good way to leave this so people can wonder what the hell we're gonna talk about. Uh I didn't like Rum Diary. Oh, you didn't? See, I, I got did. through about 45 minutes, and I was like, what the fuck? You didn't even get
1: to the Giovanni Ribisi stuff, bro. I... It, <sighs> or even the Amber... Amber Heard didn't even show up until, no, like... Fuck Amber Heard. Listen. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The reason, the point I'm trying to make is you didn't make it far of the movie at all. Here's the reason why. All right. Okay. It is very different. It's a different aesthetic it, because... It was it, very... Yes. It's pre... Drugged out all the time, Hunter S. Thompson. This is before
0: that. Right. Yeah. And I watched a documentary on on him, and uh, and was this during his whole, like, when he tried to run for mayor? I don't remember that. (laughs) It might have been after that, because he's.
1: (laughs) It might have been after that, but before the drug fueled writing that is Hunter uh, S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. And what he's known for, and and Gonzo reporting. Fun fact. um, I recently acquired, um, I collect. Vinyl records, as you know.
0: Yeah, as, as do I. I mean, I don't have classics, but...
1: Still. I recently acquired Surrealistic Pillow, um, which is Jefferson Airplane, uh, which it has Somebody to Love and White Rabbit on it, which are two very uh, prominent songs in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Ooh. So um, Huge fan of theirs, by the way.
0: But anyway, so yeah, Rum Diary, I just, yeah, it, it was very different. I may style. watch both.
1: Just, I, I, I may just watch both. Just guys. <laughs>
0: the style of the movie. I, I, have Whoa, excuse words. me. I just, I don't know. I couldn't get through it. Okay. it was, what is what? Like all the trailers, it was it was a classic DC before DC actually became that you know classic where the trailer made the movie seem. So much... I thought it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. Straight, 100%, I thought it was a comedy. I was like, great, I'm for this. It's a Hunter S. Thompson book. Yeah, Johnny Depp's gonna bring his A-game, because he is fucking Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Because, honestly, it, <laughs> we're doing the episode
1: before we get there, but
0: it's... I, well, you know what? I feel like this is a good tease for everyone.
1: You know, I, I feel like it's Hunter S. Thompson before we knew... Or before...
0: Before he actually became Hunter S. Thompson, hum, I guess. Hunter S. Thompson, uh,
1: and I mean, different character name as well, because I mean, it's it's a different character in the book. Ron yeah, Dyer, right?
0: yeah, yeah, and just like Stephen King, and you could say maybe Stephen. Nah, I wouldn't say Stephen King stole this from him, but you know, I love Stephen King. His, you know, in all of Hunter S. Thompson's books, it's very of him putting himself yeah. in his own books. But, okay, I think we should leave it there because I think we'll, we'll keep going. So, yeah. Uh, Stalker.
1: This was fun. I love this movie very much. I'm I, glad you stuck out and watched it. And
0: Yeah, I would say everyone, like, really, I say it every episode, but it really, like, I, I, anyone who's, who may not be interested in foreign films... It, I understand, but definitely give this one a try. Um, I had to rent it off of iTunes. I don't know if you can find it anywhere. Oh, to have, physically buy. Yeah,
1: it's a Criterion Collection. Yeah, you can uh, for well, sure. Of buy. course, you have that. Of course, I have. But, it's the Criterion Collection. But it's, if you
0: can't, if you can't physically buy it, you know, I know you can buy it off. I rent it off iTunes and um, Amazon. I um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll figure out a time to do. Yes, yeah, yeah, stay do tuned. Fear for, and Loathing. Yeah, for worst case scenario. Uh, when I get back out of town, I might do a solo, just a buffer one, and then we'll do Fear and Loathing. Great. Can't wait. And uh, we hope you enjoyed that little teaser for the Fear and Loathing episode. Yeah. But see you, see everyone, uh, next week.